Duration itself, as a word, may mean sustaining activity and animation, or resting in bed for longer. We need different language to cover all variations of sustain and different protocols to explain it to the dogs. Those are the words of Kay Lawrence of Learning About Dogs, and this is the Learning About Dogs podcast for people who love learning about dogs. I'm Sue McGuire. I'm the manager of a canine behavior program at a small nonprofit animal shelter near San Francisco. And joining me, of course, again is Kay Lawrence. We had to do two episodes on duration or the concept of sustaining activity. So let's take it away. So it's actually kind of a nice segue because now we can talk about that's kind of the foundation stuff. So now we can talk about that second part of your article where you talk about the keep the activity going kind of duration, um, that, that next little bit. Um, so. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, you know, the generic term might be something, a behavior has duration, but you know, duration is like common, you know, um, languages durable you know it's not the same thing sustaining a position for a function to kill something is entirely different than sustaining running because you've got 14 miles to go before you get home (laughs) to say they're both behaviors of duration is like uh not really not really you know it's like reading is a behavior duration well no i'm doing that for pleasure if you're watching a movie you're sitting in a chair for duration yeah but i'm doing that for a completely different reason than if i'm sitting in a car for driving you know the 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 duration word is far too unspecific to be of any use fair enough you know and if you call it a con a concept to me it's it's not a concept it's like you know pleasure being a concept well it's completely different to to under what what context you're looking about it i don't think it's a it's a concept in those so i think terms. it's probably again another use of our habit of, of lazy language uh, not not being specific yeah, enough yeah. what exactly do you mean by that you know i mean one thing clicker training or using a tool of such precision and we have the terms like it's a scalpel it is a it gives us the ability to teach things with exquisite accuracy. Now, if you're going to teach something with exquisite accuracy, you need to know exactly what you need to be accurate. You know, you can't just say, well, I'm going to draw a line across the page. Is it a straight line or is it a curved line? Oh, I don't mind. It's just a line. Well, then that would change what type of pen you use. Is it 0.5 millimeters wide or 0.3 millimeters wide? Oh, I don't mind. Well, then that would change what type of pen you use. So the, the, Accuracy that we require for this tool requires us to know exactly what we're looking for, why we're looking what for what we're looking for, and what the outcome's likely to be, and also the future of the bear. And all these questions need to be asked before uh, we can actually teach something with accuracy. When we teach something without accuracy, it ends up being, okay, good enough, that's fine. Sure, but that's fine. Um, and if that's all you need it for, then you don't get to turn around and go, yeah, he's not very good at that, is he? Well, because you didn't teach him to be very good at that. So if you just need your dog to just move out the way when you've got visitors coming and go to bed, it doesn't need to do it promptly. It needs to sort of do it. It doesn't need to go to its bed at any speed. It just needs to end up moving out the way and going to the kitchen or wherever you want it to be. It doesn't matter whether it goes exactly to its bed or nearby its bed. That's fine. That's all you're asking for. 
But then you don't get to ask for the same response to going over a jump. Well, I sort of went over the jump, but I knocked it down at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you actually jumped the wrong jump. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then we get the bigger question. If you're not accurate in asking your dog to do one thing, can you be accurate in asking your dog to do another thing? That's a tricky question that people need to answer for themselves. So it's like having working for two people at the same time, one boss or one parent, when they say, I want you to go to bed now, doesn't really mean it. You can always get away with an extra five minutes. And the other parent, you know, when they say it, it's uh, no prisoners. You go to bed yeah. now. Yep. So you end up learning to adapt it to different people. But does that mean the dogs know the difference between if we ask the dog to go to their crate in the kitchen, it doesn't mean quite the same as if we ask them to go to their crate at the dog exactly. training venue. Uh -huh. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Different thing. <laughs> so you, yeah. you mentioned that the same detailed behavior profile should be completed for any behavior under, under work. I think if you want to have consistency, Promptness is part of consistency and promptness is a reflection of the dog being completely clear as to what your cue means and what they should do by responding. You know, often people want the dogs to be obedient. Oh, I want to do it. I want you to do it now and I want you to do exactly what I say. Then if you haven't taught that, you can't expect it. So we can't expect the dog to be something that it's not. Well, if we're not clear exactly what it is we want the dog to do, we cannot ask for that sort of clarity in response when we re request it. So, it, you know, if I want to teach a dog how to do something, I will sit down and probably spend longer thinking about what I want to teach them to do than actually doing the teaching. Because if I'm clear what I want them to do, then we don't get any sidetracks. We don't go off on a different avenue. We don't end up with this instead of that. Um, and often it's it's people just start training and see where it goes. And then they realize they're not going where they thought they would go. And then they try and patch it up or what's the computer thing? Do mm -hmm. a makeover. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do a go around <laughs> because they didn't do the planning to start mm -hmm. with. You know, classic one that we're working with somebody at the moment, she'd like her dog to hold its foot in the air, you know, what we would call a high paw wave, but she wants the dog to be able to sit and keep the paw up at about nose okay. level. Well, what she's taught is a movement of up and down. Yes, it's it's a three-part movement. So when the dog's given the cue, first thing the dog will have to do is recognize, is it my left paw or right paw? So the dog needs to now shift their weight off the leg they're going to move. That's the first indicator we're going to do that movement. Then the paw comes up, and as soon as it's reached a certain height, it starts moving down. And if you now withhold the click because you want the paw to stay in the air longer, which part of that behavior do you want duration on? The going up or the coming down? Because there was no stay in the air to have duration on. It was a it was a behavior that began, had a middle and an end. There was no part of it that was without movement. So under those conditions, if you withhold the click, what you're going to get is a lot of continual waving, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, which might be very cute because under different conditions that keep going, keep going, keep going, do it again, do it again, do it again, would look like waving. the dog is waving. What do they call it? Wax uh -huh. on, wax off, wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. And that, that is a very specific behavior. But it's not the same as sitting still with one foot staying in the air. 
it's not the same behavior at all. They're different things. It might be the same leg, but just because you're doing wax on, wax off with your left hand doesn't mean you're exactly. writing. Yeah. Different and taught differently. Absolutely. Yeah. So if we want to say, I'd, leave, I'd like you to hold your paw in the air for longer, I would say we need to teach the dog to touch something with their paw that prevents the down movement. So we would present a target. It could be a hand or it could be something the dog touches. And as they touch that target to preempt the foot coming off the target, we just keep moving the target fractionally away from the dog. So over probably 10 seconds, that target has moved an inch and a half. So that means the muscles that would have let the foot go down don't come into play. The muscles that hold the foot in the air still keep working. Now, it's those muscles that we can then say keep those upward holding muscles working mm -hmm. for longer. Oh, mm -hmm. keep that working for longer. Keep that working for longer. Keep that working for longer. There you go. That'll do. So it, it's a different set of muscles than the waving exactly. muscles. Yes, it's wax on, wax and off. This wax is push. On, wax off. push or sustain. Right. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. And once you've got the push, yes, you can then ask the push a little bit, push a little bit, push a little bit until. So we, we cheat a little bit on that. So let's go back to how we actually teach. So if we want waving, I would have a cue say wave. And just as the foot is coming down after the first wave, I'll give the cue again, wave, and the cue again, wave, and the cue again, wave. And I'll go, that'll do, have some food. So now I give the cue maybe four times and I end up with four different waves. And if I keep building that pattern four times before you get the food, four times before you get the food, I can start dropping the cue from the back end forwards. So I only need to say wave three times, but the dog will do it four times. And then I need to say the wave two times, but the dog will do it four times. So that's how I'd build duration in an action that happens again and again and again. Could be going around in a circle or going around a cone or doing ear work. But if I want the wave to be up and hold into a certain position. If I've taught the dog to do it with the target, they'll see the target in place, but in actual fact, I won't let them actually touch the target until the paw has held itself in mm. position. So here I'm using the actual point of contact of the foot to the target to say, yes, you've held the anticipation of hitting the target for long enough and that ends that behavior so that's what we call a terminal Very behavior cool. so you could do something like teach the dog to run out to a target across a i don't know a good distance but what you've got is a long distance behavior of duration called run out and in some competitions, there is nothing for the dog to run to. They just want to see that you can send your dog ahead in a straight line, mm -hmm. run out. Um, well, the behavior of arriving at the target would be considered to be a terminal behavior that ends an indeterminate behavior of duration. Yeah. The same as if I teach the dogs to walk backwards. We could ask the dog to walk backwards until it goes over a certain line. Well, they'll keep walking backwards until this line appears in front of them. It's like if you're swimming backstroke in a swimming pool. You know, they have like the flags just above you. So you, you can see you're coming up the to the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. No, so they, they give you the flags to know when you're just about to go exactly. to the turn at the end. A um, it, was a, it was a stroke and a half yeah. for me. <laughs> yes. So you can imagine if you're out at sea and you're just doing backstroke, you're just going to keep going on duration until you see the flags, mm -hmm. aren't you? Because we'll stop. 
<laughs> so again, those flags, all you know, was a terminal behavior or a terminal cue that said you can end that behavior now. So by arranging that terminal behavior's cue to not happen for a certain length of time, we've got duration on the preceding behavior. So in the example of, of the flags or a, a mat or a line, at some point do you uh, fade that and attach uh, a different cue to it? Because I'm imagining, no, no, you know. No, no. Okay. no I, if they've learned, I can't think. So if you've learned to teach your dog to run out in a straight line, if you reach a target, the run out in a straight line is probably under one yeah. competition you go out to the edge situation. The then during the week in practice, you practice going mm -hmm. to the target. If you keep running out to nothing at all, um, you'll eventually, the behavior will start to just yeah, go sour. Yes. It's, it's, you know, if you think I'm going to keep doing backstroke and there's never going to be a flag, then I'm, mm -hmm. I'm stopping. Okay. <laughs> Yes, but if I if I'm sure that it's going to appear soon, I'll probably keep going. So so, back, so looping yep. back, um, if you're if you're if you're building duration by extending your cueing, then you must uh, keep a a promise to your dog that there's going to be a terminal cue that they should be attending yes. to. Most of the time, there will be a terminal cue, or there'll be a cue to do another yes. behavior, yes. like stop. And stop will get reinforced with a ball or, you know, you'll do some other movement like redirection out there. You know, so if I've sent the dog out on the sheep, often they might not know where the sheep are. I can see them, but they'll set off going, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going up here. Oh, my goodness. As they come around the top there, the sheep. Well, sometimes they are because they've moved off to another mountain. And you'll have to say to the dog, okay, that'll do. Come back. Okay, that's fine. You know, but if you keep on sending them to nothing, they will start to lose confidence in doing that behavior. So I would set up the arrangement, but the same would be for scent work. You know, if you're asking a dog to work um, substance searching, searching is a behavior of duration. If that doesn't end in the anticipated reinforcement pattern, the behavior is going to lose confidence. So it wouldn't matter if you're doing competition work or proper job work. We set the dog up that what they're anticipating that motivated that behavior to happen in the first place, that reinforcement will happen most of the time. I'm looking at a line that you have in one of your articles. You talk about you can only extend or use term, terminating, excuse me, extending with a terminating behavior if the dog is comfortable and secure in the primary behavior. So what signs yeah, would you yeah, be looking yeah. for that the dog is comfortable in that primary behavior? Well, the confidence in the way they do it. So if you withheld, say, um, I was asking the dog to do something like a sit pretty, sit mm -hmm. beg behavior, and my terminal uh, behavior that this has ended would be a high five. Well, if the dog is sitting there and start to look uncomfortable, just withholding the terminal behavior is not going to make it more comfortable. It's just going to make it more stressed. So if if you're... Looking for extension, you've got to be sure that the dog can, A, do the time. So say um, it's probably easier if I do it on something that's a linear thing that we're going across the ground. So say I, I've asked my dog to do six feet of heel work in a very high stepping fashion, you know, what I call the dressage mm -hmm. type heel work. Now, I want this dog to then, I could use a terminal behavior to end heel work, like a sit to heel. And if I keep on moving, the dog should keep on doing this 
very high energy healing position. Well, I know they can do six foot because that's what I've trained. I've trained six foot, click, treats, play, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six foot, click, treats, play, yeah, 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 yeah. But if they've never actually done 12 foot or 18 foot in practice, how can I use the terminal behavior to ask for longer if they actually haven't got evidence that they can do it for longer? Okay. Yep. Nope. So if I want a dog to do something like a freestyle routine, but I actually can't train the dog for more than 60 seconds at a time, but a freestyle routine is three minutes, then we can't ask for that to actually happen. So we can't suddenly use the withholding of something to make something to happen that hasn't had any previous experience of happening over that length of time. Give me some examples of uh, terminal behaviors in, in other scenarios. The sit at the heel, what other? Um. Well, if I teach the dogs walking backwards or going around in a circle, yes, you know, so I'm talking about freestyle moves. We often ask them to happen for very specific length of time to match the music. Then going on to the next behavior will work as a terminal behavior to the one that they're doing for duration. Okay. You know, so it's just becoming, it's just a part of the whole sequence. How many times would a dog carry on jumping? So say you have these agility courses, which are just Mm -hmm. jumping. Isn't there a maximum number of jumps you could yes. expect the dog to True. do? True. So you teach the dog to maybe do sequences of threes or fours, and then you'll put two sequences together and have a six or a seven, and then you'll put two more sequences together and have a 12 or a 14. So you can't suddenly say, well, I'm not going to throw the toy until you've done 32, if the dog has no experience of having done 32 mm-hmm. jumps. Okay. So the withholding of something to achieve duration without evidence that the dog can actually sustain the behavior for that length of time would cause stress. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it would sure. cause stress in us. You know, how long have you got to keep doing something until it okay. works? So the terminal behavior can be another behavior. It can be a location. It can be a target. All those things. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. For more information and great articles, check out learningaboutdogs.com. Starting August 14th, there is going to be an eight-lesson online course on clean training. You can sign up for that right now. And then starting September 18th, there's going to be a six-lesson Q technology course. And for people who live in the San Francisco Bay Area, I am teaching a series of classes based on the living and learning with dogs approach. Classes are held through the Humane Society of Sonoma County in Santa Rosa. Just simply Google Humane Society of Sonoma County. One of the best ways to help support this podcast is to rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.